Hello and welcome to How to Be a Better DM, sponsored by Monsters.Rent. I'm here with Andrew. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. I'm the tavern keeper. <laughs> yeah, he is. And I'm also here with Caden and Justin. Say hi. What's up? Hi. Uh, so today we're interviewing Andrew Ashby. Uh, he's, he owns We Geek Together, which is honestly just one of the most amazing gaming shops uh, you've ever seen. Uh, but regardless, we're going to ask him some questions about how he got his business going, and, and, and we're going to have a great time. You excited, Andrew? Heck yeah, I am. Yeah, you shoot away. I've got... <laughs> Answers. I've got stuff to talk about. <laughs> Jeez, the phrasing He's there could have been better. He's got answers. He's got answers for days. Okay, first question, warm-up question. Uh, what have you been geeking out about recently? Uh, I actually just watched, surprisingly just finished watching Game of Thrones, and that show came out like a long time ago. Your first so, time through? First time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of disappointment, for sure, at the end. Yes. But uh, I uh, gave me some good ideas. I sure. did the exact same thing. Like, I think I finished it three months ago with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, so that, that, that's the latest of nerdy things. Uh, does it live up to the hype? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was good. It was like a good show. The first, as everybody said, first seasons are good. Last season's not good. So I, I'd agree with that assessment. So don't get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, so you, hear, you heard it here first. Don't get your hopes up about Game of Thrones. Um, okay. So Actually, you heard it here last because last it's been ever. a while. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty behind. <laughs> Everyone else was like, come on, we've known about this for years. Yes. Yep. Um, okay, so let's just, we're going to first talk about, uh, about something that Andrew kind of put together called Dead Wars. It was basically a world record beating game of D&D. Can you explain a little bit about it? Yeah, so uh, the Dead Wars is a world record game we hosted in April where we had over a thousand people show up all in the same location and we ran a war scenario. Every table was on a different area of the battlefield. The dungeon masters had to report to generals who reported to a head dungeon master who oversaw the whole war, all of the enemies, that kind of stuff. So it was a historic game. There's never been a game of D&D like this where everyone is physically present playing in the same world in the same war scenario. So the table next to you and the table across the store from you or the, across the mall from you. All of their effects affect the, the whole flow of that. Yeah, it was epic. I was there, <laughs> not playing, but I was at a booth. <laughs> I can tell you as a player of Dead Wars, it was really fun. And it was really cool because you're at the table, you're playing, you're your character, you know, it's a real person, but you hear all these other voices playing, you hear the same thing but different going on in different players or different tables and you do get a sense of like wow this is a full battle everyone's working together it was really cool yeah it was so cool to just see everybody playing at the same time magical like i've never experienced anything like that so super super cool yeah so where did the idea first come from though because obviously this doesn't start from nothing right it was definitely a shower thought you know, like just it was I, I was walking down the street with a buddy and I said, man, wouldn't it be cool to play D&D as like a war scenario like Helm's Deep, Lord of the Rings? Like that would be so cool to play. But like everybody was playing all the soldiers. Mm. So that was really the start of the idea. And then we opened up our game store. Great. 
and then the mall came up to us and they're like, by the way, if you ever want to host anything and use like a part of the mall, you know, if you want to do like a farmer's market or something or, or a game tournament and you need to put some tables out, you can cool. do that. And so then I was like, wait a minute. I yeah. had this idea five years ago. Mm-hmm. So. so do you have plans to top it? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. So next year, next April, we're shooting for the Dead Wars. We're, we're gonna keep the name. Okay. Uh, but we're shooting for three thousand people this wow. time. Wow! That's awesome. Yeah, and it will be a two-day event. What? And you guys, this is this is uh, news. Okay. I so you guys get to hear this first. This is some. You this did is hear some it here first. Monsters <laughs> not rent exclusive. Yes. Yes. So it's a two-day, uh, two-day event. Um, the battles are happening separately, okay. But they will impact each other. Think of like the Shield of Endor and the Death Star battle in space. Okay, the different days will affect each other, but they're completely separate from each other. So, obviously, that begs the question: Will there be a sort of good versus evil scenario with? players and dms being able to choose which side they're on and you know having in 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 your example having players be the rebels and also players be the stormtroopers so we're not going to be doing verses okay it'll still be the dungeon masters are playing the villains the the forces you're fighting against sure in that sense however the fact that you said good versus evil is really interesting and that is all I'm going to say at that. <laughs> but you you definitely hit on something really interesting. D- does d- does this Dead Wars, this next Dead Wars, continue on the same story as the previous one? Correct. So Vecna has been slayed. It's going to be um, two years after the original Dead yeah. Wars canonically. Um, and uh, there's some new... Uh, interesting forces that have risen up in the absence not of vecna but of eldath because in the dead wars eldath the goddess of peace she died saving everyone and so suddenly there's an empty spot in the in the in the vacuum yeah so what's what's gonna fill there i love it that's honestly amazing so like obviously you have huge dreams and I mean, with a turnout last year, I don't think it's hard to get another 3,000. So we're so excited for you. Um, okay, so obviously this is kind of a big thing that you put together. Um, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of tips would you give for anybody who wants to do maybe not something this big, but something similar, like a multi-group thing? Would you recommend it? And if you would, are there any like tips? Okay, so multi-group D&D is very interesting. Uh, there is official uh, published adventures called epics. Okay, if you search in Adventures League, there's epics, and what epics are is they are specifically adventures that you can run with multiple groups. Okay. And there is a way that you can kind of report to an organizer and get information from those events. So go check out epics. Um, that's kind of a groundwork. Now ours. Ours was a completely built different system from the ground up. We did so many new things for the Dead Wars. Um, you can actually buy the uh, game with the system included. Uh, Johnny put it online, a drive through RPG. You can just search the Dead Wars, you can find the download. So you can see kind of how he broke it down. Okay. Um, but we're coming up with a new system for the next Dead Wars. We're, mm-hmm. Again, we're overhauling it. We learned a ton. Yeah. Um, 
what you uh, what you really want is you want to be able to give your players the feeling that their choices at their table will impact other tables. That's really, because I mean, as a dungeon master, sorry to spoil the magic, but a lot of the things as a dungeon master is kind of smoke and mirrors, okay? Like we as the dungeon masters, we know the monsters, we know their HP, we know a lot of information about the whole world, but we as dungeon masters also change that to get a better effect. Yes. We, we change monster rules and that kind of stuff to fit the narrative that we want to build. Yeah. I, I often say on the podcast, your role as the DM is to be the curator of the experience of the players, right? Yeah. And so if they're not having fun, you can do something to change that, even if it's not technically legal. Yeah. Right? Rules as written, throw that out the window. Uh, your goal is to have a fun time. And so you need to give the players, um, either you actually give it to them, you make a hard system where they have consequences that matter, or you sometime, you, you somehow fake it. Our, our things did have actual consequences. In the Dead Wars, there was a part where the players who were defending the wall, if they didn't defend the wall, if enough of them didn't, the walls would fall. And we took everybody's reports and we got the information, and yeah, they did not do enough, and so the walls fell in the middle of the, the combat, and that changed everything for everybody's tables. Wow, so you're saying that Vecna could have actually won Dead Wars. There's a real possibility. No, no, absolutely. There, there was like... We had come up with like 16 different branching paths of like if the walls stood and if the cavalry were successful. Wow. Okay. Um, and all worst case scenarios, Vecna <laughs> would have won. <laughs> and I will say it definitely got close. Wow. It, it got really close. Like the walls fell. That was pretty bad. Eldath, Eldath got injured. That what that wasn't supposed to happen unless a lot of other things felled. Wow. And so, so she died, but the, they they squeaked it out. Like Vecna, <laughs> Vecna did die, so the threat was stopped. But but like that's sort of like what you want, right? You want sort of that very close situation where everyone does feel like if I didn't make this one save, things could have been different for everyone, right? For sure. For sure. And you want to have that be believable. That's your, I think that's the, uh, a cornerstone of being a dungeon master is like you have to be able to sell that. And so if players learn that you're fudging numbers, if players learn you're changing monsters, HP, yes. and that kind of stuff, it undermines that validity of that world. And so your job as a dungeon master is selling the validity of that world, making it seem real, uh, as much as you can so those consequences do happen and sometimes that means like killing and killing characters yeah. or or not pulling your punches sometimes you really do like l dying that sucked and and uh there was a lot of things that didn't work out for the players but you know that felt like a war it felt like a real fighting for our lives scenario <laughs> one one other quick question so uh, for DMs, you know, running epics, like you said, or multi-group of uh, events. Mm. Uh, wh sorry. What do you do for players who, whose characters die <laughs> a bit too soon in the game? Great and, question. And then they're sort of out of it, right? Great question. Great question. So, for the Dead Wars, we came up with a, a unique solution for that. Eldath, the goddess of peace, was actively resurrecting people. Mm -hmm. However, that drained her life force. And so the more resurrection she had to do, that actually weakened her against her, her and Vecna's battle. That's why she actually died. 
at the end is because she had to resurrect too many people. So her power was... So shame on you, players, for dying. Vecna's dead because of you. Or uh, Eldath is dead because of you. Also, Sometimes. but... Did you die? No, I didn't die. Also Vecna. But, but yeah, so so that that was one of the statistics we tracked. Player deaths. Um, so you need to be able to come up with your system. Either... Uh, we toyed around with a lot of ideas. Maybe we have pre-gens of guards. If your first character dies, you can fill in as a guard. Okay, but the guard's a little bit weaker than your main character, but you can still fight in the war. That was an idea. Okay. The second idea was Eldaf being able to resurrect people, but it overall was like a community health bar, and so if, if too much resurrections, yeah. that's a thing. Um, we have a, a similar solution for the the next dead wars um and it's it's similar but mechanically different how uh how Eldath did it and i won't i can't spoil that one because we're yeah. we're still working on that one so sure. I, I can't commit to anything uh but you want to ideally you don't want players to die in the first hour of a four-hour game and then just be sitting around twiddling their thumbs so you need to come up with a reason why either their characters can keep on fighting maybe extra potions of healing resurrection scrolls phoenix feathers come up with a way to keep them until the end then when crap really hits the fen during that finale you die you die because it's a war Uh, sorry I know I've been hogging it, but uh, <laughs> one idea that I, I'm taking from Jackbox, in the next Dead Wars, you, you might consider some sort of audience mechanic where if they're not players, they can somehow still affect it by doing something much more simple like texting a number or mm, subscribing mm, mm. to your Instagram and sending a DM of, you know, like voting for something on a form. That's a fantastic idea. We've and, been thinking about our live stream yeah, audience and how yeah. we're going to incorporate them. So Absolutely. Because, again... You're gonna if you come in on Friday and you play on Friday, you're not gonna come on on Saturday, okay? That like that's kind of why we're splitting it up. We're like choose choose one day to battle in, um, but then watch the live stream for the other mm-hmm. day so you can see how that other battle happens. Um, so uh, that's a fantastic idea. We gotta find a way to include our live audience so they can still give people inspiration, bonuses, that kind of stuff. That would be Ooh, really cool. Yeah, bardic inspiration yeah, yeah, from yeah. the audience. Or the, or the opposite and, <laughs> and sort of have everyone who's not playing. Again, it's good versus evil, so Ex- that exactly. that's also a really well, interesting well, idea. Well, the contrary uh, forces, assuming there is a contrary force. Yeah, very interesting. This is evil ideas you're putting into my brain. You know, little demons from, yeah. the, from the live yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe this is a question you don't want to answer. Feel free to say no. Oh, yeah. Did you have contingencies for, uh, what's a nicer word for spoiled sports? Like, <laughs> toxic players? Toxic players, yeah, who like were like, screw this. <laughs> so there was, in the game, a mechanic where you can side with Vecna. Oh. Yeah, and in, in, in now it wasn't in every packet, but there was definitely packets where Vecna would come up to you and try to make a deal with your group, with your party. Um, and so... But if you did, you, I can't remember the mechanics exactly. I think we did turn you undead, and you were guaranteed to die in that final battle when Vecna died. Well, you were guaranteed to die if Vecna died. Sure. I love it. I love it. So, so, and uh, for this new one, again, the good versus evil is going to be very interesting because we are riding the enemies right now. I'm so excited for these enemies. Like, we're doing something I've never seen done in the TTRPG space. 
Um, a really interesting uh, enemies location plane. Cool. Um, mm. Some of the enemies will be actively trying to convert players. Like that's their mechanics is how they, how can they convert players? So it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna really throw a lot of how you usually play D and D. It's gonna throw a lot of chaos into it because you're like what. We've never had to do this. Yeah, well, especially if you're following, like, if characters are forced to follow their alignment that they've chosen, you know? Like, what would my character actually do in this scenario? Oh, yeah, alignment. (laughs) Holy cow. So many ideas. Especially because, like, I feel like when it's based around a battle, you kind of don't feel like there's much space for role-playing, or not nearly as much, Mm. right? That's a great role-playing thing to pull into the battle, right? Love that. And so for these kind of games... If you're going to have host an epic, you got to have role play in it. You got to have puzzles, problems that are not combat related. In the Dead Wars, we definitely had that in our in all of the adventures. You would have downtime, you'd have time to relax, time to reload, cool. time to role play, time to help citizens. You had all that kind of stuff. And so if you want to run a war scenario, don't make it a 4-hour crunchy war scenario, okay? Make it so like there's times where it's just like we have to figure out how to get this message here in a time, but we're not fighting to get it there. We just yeah. have to find out how efficiently we get it there. What, how do we problem solve that? Okay. So, because there's so many problems that can happen on the battlefield that aren't just combat related. Running out of rations, um, rallying the troops, um, d- digging new trenches, setting up d- barricades, blessing items, you know, healing civilians or, or, or making sure the civilians aren't actually spies. There's so much stuff that, that we did in the Dead Wars and we will continue to do to make it not just combat focused. Because, yeah, for some people they love combat, but you want to get a balance for everyone because yeah. this is a game for everyone. Totally. Mm. Love Great it. Uh, and I think that it kind of speaks to just talking about uh, f- having a whole, like, full, well-rounded experience. Kind of speaks to what you've done here at We Geek together. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, and just for the viewer or the listener. So in this place, I mean, it's painted gray like you're in, you know, like a castle or something. Yeah. A tavern. It's got banners hanging, which I just love the heck out of. <laughs> it's uh, It's got tables everywhere, which uh, nice tables, like gaming good, tables. W- good wood tables. Good. Yeah, mead. And honestly, it's just, it's such a well-created space. Where I've seen other, you know, I've seen other uh, gaming stores that appear more like a store. And, oh, and yeah. so, like, what what happened that made you kind of want to create that space? Interesting. Um, so, I've been going to local game stores since I was a kid. I adore local game stores. I love local game stores. Um, but when we were coming to this, the decision that we wanted to open up our own, we were like, well, we want to stand out. We want to be unique. We also really want to embrace the TTRPG fan because I felt like that's been missing in a lot of game stores. There's definitely game stores that do support TTRPGs, mm-hmm. but it's like Thursday night is Adventures League. Yes. Okay. As a listener of this show, you obviously love story. Now that you've had a chance to craft your own story by listening to this show, wouldn't it be nice to get some inspiration? Or maybe you just want a moment of immersion and escape and entertainment. Whatever it is, come join us on our new show, Pact and Boom. It's an actual play D&D podcast in the world of Calignos, where our characters Jolly, Wolfgang, and Alan will find and meet each other in hell. And from there, 
start a troublemaking journey with some near-death experiences that will hopefully lead them to a happy ending. Find it wherever great podcasts are heard or just go to sessionzerostudios.com slash packed and boom. That's P-A-C-T-N-B-O-O-N. Start listening today. I wanted to do D&D every day. And I wanted to make my store the place to play D&D. And I wanted to have miniatures and tables and books for Dungeon Masters to use all for free. TVs that they can do digital maps. Like, I, my goal was to be the place to play D&D. And we've, we've seen, like, cool, like, you know, basements where the people, like, put the dragon on the wall and they decorate their basement to look like a dungeon. Yeah. And it's like, hey, this is my, this is my gaming setup, mm-hmm. you know, get, get on my level, that kind of stuff. And so I was like, man, if we had that, like, in store form. That same spirit. <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I played D&D and TTRPGs, like, on my friend's carpet. Yeah. Like, that's most of the time. It was like when I was in college... Uh, I, I, we'd just be laying on the carpet. We didn't even have tables. We didn't have room for tables. So we were like <laughs> sitting on the couch or laying on the carpet playing I love it. with our pencils and our pieces of paper. And there's so many people who are like that. You know, they're just getting in. They want to learn. Um, they don't have a, a few thousand dollars to trick out their mom's basement. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, look, let's provide that space. Let's provide that stuff. And there's going to be so many people who are going to want to use that because they don't have that in their normal day-to-day. Yeah. No, that is true. Um, one of the things that helps me get into the spirit of, you know, role-playing and, and, you know, being my character is having the miniatures, is having the, the scenery, you know, the lighting. So. Heck, yeah. And actually, on that note, having sort of tricked out your entire store, um, what would you recommend to a dungeon master from your experience doing it? What would you say is like a pretty cheap but pretty big win in terms of stuff you can do to the space to make it much more themed? Okay. <laughs> Boy, you're you're really going to get me on my soapbox here. <laughs> okay, because I'm a forever DM. Yeah. Okay. So here's stuff you can do for free. Mm-hmm. We'll start with that. All right, first off. Clean up your space, okay? Just just clean up your space, all right? Like, I love my friends, and my house is not clean <laughs> nearly enough. It's a it's a wreck, okay? But if I'm going to have company over, having a nice clean space already just kind of alleviates the, the stress. So clean up the space. Music is amazing, and that's free. Or very, very close to free. You yeah. get a Spotify account. You can have access to uh, all that does, stuff. You know. Yeah, <laughs> P- Pandora, whatever. All right, music. Um and then if you have a way to like dim the lights a little bit just a little bit you obviously still need to be able to read stuff but if you can dim the lights unscrew a little light bulb here and there call it good um that's another thing uh and then um that right there got you pretty far away like if you're just doing at your kitchen table a little bit more moody light that kind of stuff if you really want to you can go on to amazon you could pick up smart bulbs for like 15 bucks and those have color changes to it and then on your phone when you get into combat you can change the color to red and then you can change it to green or like blue depending on where you're going 
yeah, that's a really, really cheap thing to do with lights. I, I had it where I could say, Alexa, roll for initiative. And then it played my battle music and it changed my lighting in my house just like that. Wow. And so, and that was really cheap. You know, I already had an Alexa. I just yeah. bought some lights. And so then, all right, Alexa, have adventuring mode. And then it would change to like a light blue. And then it had our, our my playlist already. So um that's 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 basic that's not even with like buying decorations or stuff but then you know and then you can get some decorations you can get a nice dm screen you know have a have a the other thing that really uh distracts is any interruptions right if your players bring their phones or if you have dogs or if you had kids like understandable everybody has their own situation their own life i'm not going to shame people for having kids like i have two kids and they're monsters so that's totally understandable but uh if there's a way that you can eliminate distractions so you're you're able to uh exercise your dog during the day so then your dog's pretty chill and it's not going to be slobbering all over people you know maybe you time it so you put your kids to bed and then you play dnd um hey i've seen dungeon masters who like everybody puts their phone in the in a basket leaves it in the kitchen so hey if somebody calls you can still get it but you're not gonna be scrolling on your phone while playing put it in the dice jail put it in dice jail yeah but like uh if you want to engage your players try to eliminate distractions don't have tv playing in the background that kind of stuff you know Encourage your players to role play, all that, all that good stuff. I, I love that, especially where it comes to, you know, how you mentioned it was all free. All of that's free, and I think some people get so focused on like, oh, we need that, you know, that man cave, that geek hangout yeah. in my basement. I need to buy that hundred dollar dragon head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now you don't. You no, really you don't. don't. It's about the ambiance and also. I think we, we say this all the time. It's about setting expectations, you know, because mm. if you're like, hey, uh, this is I mean, I'm excited to have fun, but let's keep these certain principles. You know, uh, I think that you can say certain things, you know, like the phones is a great one. I find also like setting expectations for like how quickly you make a combat turn. Right. Happen. Yeah. All yeah. those things just help uh, hinder any interruptions from happening. Fantastic. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Uh, so with uh, We Geek Together. Uh, you see a lot of DMs come in and out, right? Totally. Uh, do you notice, like, a, is there a clear difference between uh, parties that are really into it and versus those that are kind of kind of seem like they're running on fumes? Yes, yes. Uh, I definitely see a wide range of players and DMs, and I can tell when the DM has got their their players hooked and there's interest, and I can also tell when um, the, it's not the case, where the, the players are on their phones or they don't care. Um, and uh, I definitely have uh, ideas and opinions on why that happens, absolutely. And what are those ideas and opinions? <laughs> I, I'm very curious because I'm like, you obviously don't have time to sit in each game. No, but you I, see I never get to play. <laughs> yeah, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I made a video. It was really funny. Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I, I opened up a D&D tavern, but I still don't have time to play. <laughs> okay, uh, so. You, you paid the price for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, so humble. Um, okay, so there are a few issues, okay? The problem is, is sometimes it's the DM. Sometimes it's the full group, sometimes it's the player, okay? And unfortunately, like, that's the thing that a lot of everyone needs to learn is uh, it might not be your fault that the 
players are not engaged, okay? Because you have so many different types of gamers. You got the people who want to war game. You know, they just love combat. They love max, min-maxing, all that jazz. They just, they just want to get in combat. You know, instead of interrogating, I just kill him. You know, that kind of stuff, okay? So you got those people. You also have, like, the social people, the social uh, uh, role players, you know, theater majors. You know, they, they love being in character, that kind of stuff. You also just have, like, the guy who just wants to hang out with his buddies, okay? Like, I definitely have some friends who is, like, they just want to spend time with me. It doesn't matter what game we're playing. We could be playing Super Smash Brothers, poker, or D&D. They just want to be there to play, but they themselves are not really invested in the actual game. They're just there to show up and spend time with friends, okay? And then you also got the people who just want to just unwind, you know, just like, it's just something to do. And so the problem is, is like you have like so many different types of players that your group, your DM style might not cater to that, okay? So if you as the DM are also in the mindset of, hey, this is just to be here to hang out to have fun okay and so half the game you guys are just joking and you know swapping around drinks and you guys take breaks and that kind of stuff and that's what your whole group likes fantastic you know power to you but at the same time if i was a player who was like really hardcore into combat or really hardcore into role play and i'm sitting at the table and the other three players are just they're just friends and they just want to hang out i would feel pretty bad as that player because like i'm getting in a character i'm role playing but nobody else is yeah you know and so there's a lot of information and there's a lot of uh tips and tricks and and stuff we give out and that's fantastic like as a dm try to improve yourself try to get better but realize there's a point where it's like it doesn't matter how good you are as a dm even matt mercer would not be able to engage certain different types of players doesn't matter how amazing you are doesn't matter if you do voices if that guy just wants to chill out and relax and he's not really engaged with D&D yeah he's not gonna care so maybe the advice is learning to set your own expectations for your group based on who's coming <laughs> the, the, the advice as I would say as a DM choose your players okay exactly. choose your players and I think that we don't realize this because with normal with any other type of gaming it's like, oh, I put in the disc and I play the game. You know, it's a card game. It, it doesn't matter about who's playing it, right? Yeah. Uh, but in the end, it's like, no, D&D, tabletop role-playing in general, it's about relationships. It's a social and game. It's a social mm -hmm. game, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you've hit on the head where it's like, hey, if a game's not working, you probably need to communicate a lot more. Yeah. You know? or, or play a different game. You know, let's play Super Smash Brothers if, if three out of five of you guys just want to hang out. Let's just play Smash. I've also noticed that different. it can change session to session. That's right? true, actually. Totally like, true. Like, there have been sessions where, like, I'm, as the DM, just like, why aren't you guys just, like, going on this quest or whatever? Everyone's just having fun except me. And then I'm just like, oh, because everyone's just, like, happy to be here. In those moments, if I'm smart enough and I, I, I allow myself to, like, calm down and just be like, this is great, you know, laugh a bunch. It changes the whole atmosphere. Everyone gels. And then maybe the, the tenor of the session does shift towards combat or, or more role-playing or just hanging out, right? Uh, just as long as everyone's kind of on the same page, I think, is the most important part, right? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, well said. Yeah. Um, and so just to end here, like, in your time, especially creating a space for DMs, uh, if there was one thing that someone could do to just improve their games in general, uh, what would it be? 
Just one. Just one. Or if you got three, I'll take it. But or the first one. <laughs> to generally improve your games. You guys have talked about session zero. How it's. You guys have talked about setting expectations, all that kind of jazz. That's crucial, crucial, crucial. That's probably the best thing to decide if your game is going to succeed or fail. Thanks again for listening to our show. If you like our content and would like to engage with more of it, head over to our Instagram account at How to Be a Better DM and give us a follow. Make sure to watch some of our Dungeon Master Rules videos while you're there to give yourself some more structure and procedure as a Dungeon Master. Also, don't forget to reach out with a DM and we can talk shop and I can get to know you a little bit better. Thanks again for listening. If you know who you're playing with, if you, if you know your friends, and if you are on that same wavelength, if you guys understand why you're all playing together, then it will succeed. Um, but if you've got a bunch of different people who have a bunch of different motivations... That's going to be tough. So, but you guys have already talked about that. So I got to come up with something different. <laughs> Think on uh, yeah, yeah. While you're thinking, uh, I, I love that because with session zero, it, you know, it's okay to, like, you can't have a place like We Geek Together unless you put a lot of work in. And, and that's prep, right? Essentially, all the work you put into decorations, into store design, that's the session zero of your store model. True. But, like... And, and, you know, as DMs, we don't realize it's like, hey, that prep, everything, like the dominoes that you line up at the start make everything else flow smoother, you know? True, true. All right. So if I was to give a tip to make your games a lot more interesting, more fun, have your players' choices really have consequences. Okay, and that's hard for new DMs and even old DMs yes. where, you know, hey, this is how the villain is going to die. This <laughs> is this is the thing you need. You need to get the one ring and take it to Mount Doom. <laughs> that's the only way it's going to work. Yeah. No, you got to let your players' choices have consequences. If it turns out Sauron takes over the whole world and then your players work for Sauron, fantastic. Because that was their choices. That's how they wanted to play it. Like... That actually sounds like a pretty interesting campaign. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, if your players feel like they impact the world, if they actually live and control the world, that's a great way to engage them more. They're going to want to dig more into their backstory, into their other NPC relations, into that kind of stuff when it feels like their actions matter and the the cherry on top is if you can give each player something unique about them that only their character can do okay so like the monk maybe if he kills another enemy monk he can absorb their abilities and then the mm. wizard can unlock a new type of magic that has never been seen before sure. and uh, and the, the rogue can join this shadow group that nobody knows exists yeah. and that kind of stuff if players can have their own reasons for doing their cool character stuff that's also like that's that's just an easy way to like suck them in and it's true <laughs> make because them really everyone wants to be the main character. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it's true. Let them be so, the main so character. So give them something, you know. Yeah. Like they're they're this they're all the dragonborn from Skyrim in their own yes. different ways. And you know, it even answers. You were talking about it depends on which players are coming to the table. 
what I think we maybe didn't touch on is like, you know, the friend that's there just because they want to hang out mm. or the person who's like, oh, I'm just curious. They can become someone who's like deeply invested if you do what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if they have, con- if their choices have impact and they don't feel like they're being railroaded, then they're going to be like, oh, maybe I should actually think uh, like this is really cool. I could get into this. And, and that's all because you've been like, hey, I'm not going to treat you like you don't know what you're doing. You made a choice. Let's follow it through, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you've got, like, the person who loves combat. Give them cool mechanics that really yes. facilitate and complicate combat for them. Gives them a lot of choices. you got the player who likes to role play. Have them form interactions with a different amount of NPCs when they're like, I know the guy. I, I can get us in here, that kind of stuff. So you can – it's not that you have to have a table of everybody who plays the exact same way on the same wavelength. You as a DM, luckily, you can tailor – each ex- player's experience and find out what engages that player and tailor the gameplay to them so they'll all be engaged in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on is that I, I, you know, I think that community building is something we're all trying to do, right? Heck yeah. I mean, I love this, what you guys do. Well, and this has become the space, you know, if you're, if you're local in Utah, you know, Come play it. We geek together. That gives you a huge. I appreciate that. Um, place to yeah connection. Well, it's a it's a place to start where you don't need to make your your layer. You can have an instant layer, um, <laughs> and then you can also meet super experienced DMs or you have Andrew and and staff who are here that you can ask questions. You know, you can get ideas by listening to other tables. There's probably. Lots that's of that's really tons nice. of resources. Thank you, thank you. It's growing. Yeah. Every everything. Just a D and D community. Yes. General is growing. Uh, I was just going to add. I've actually seen someone come in and ask Andrew a question about if I want to get started. If I remember right, she was like, "Oh, our forever DM just quit because he's a quitter." And I, I'm yeah. <laughs> Sorry, forever DM. <laughs> well, she didn't. She didn't, she, yeah. she didn't yeah. say that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, "Oh, like I'm trying to get started." Having a kid. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, "What do I get started with?" And and she was like, "Do I need the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide?" And you know, I was just kind of there. I heard Andrew talk about it. So definitely coming down here, you know, it, it might be scary, but like you're in good company. We're Hopefully, I'm not scary, but no, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Honestly, if any of you get the chance, you know what? Visit Utah. Aside from our great national parks, we have We Geek Together. (laughs) And you know what's in We Geek Together? This really cool company called Monster Rent, where you can rent out miniatures as a dungeon master. It's a a unique service I've never been able to find anywhere. You know what? Except for here. You know what? You bring up a really good point. Multiple really good points <laughs> about the quality of Monsters That Rent. It's, they're amazing. <laughs> the customer service is top notch. Easy to use website. Oh my goodness. What and, can and, we and, say? And the, 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 the subscription thing is very affordable. Thank you for your compliments. Your check is in the mail. Oh yes. Thank you. All right. Good. <laughs> but, but to end this, um, honestly, we just really want to express our appreciation mm. and uh, to the DMs out there. Just know that you know there's a lot of great resources here uh, that you can you know that you can utilize, and there's community out there that you can find you know support in. Uh, whether or not you have we together here, look in your local community, find those stores, and make a connection because they want that too. 
Yes. Before we uh, end the episode, Andrew, is there anything you'd like to shout out? Uh, how can people reach out to you, support you, and see what you're up to? Yeah, so we're, we geek together. You can find us on social media platforms. We just started our own podcast, so if you didn't get tired of my voice, uh, you can hear about what it's like actually running the gaming tavern. I talk a lot about the business side of that stuff. So if that actually sounds somewhat interesting to you, you guys can follow. Um, what about you guys? Where can I find you guys? Oof. Well, uh, if you go on to Instagram, you can find Monsters Rent at Monsters Rent. Uh, also, uh, our, that's our website, monsters.rent. You can find it there. And of course, for our podcast, uh, go to uh, How to Be a Better DM. We love it. We're so happy that you're here. Heck yeah. Everyone out there, let's roll initiative. Heck yeah. <laughs>